five wands clash against each other. A community facing obstacles or challenge. Respect, empathy, and deep listening can return them to a state of balance. By popular request, our next Between the Worlds workshop is Candle Magic. Candles make a moment sacred. That's why they're used in holy places. They're romantic. They're empowering. Once you know the basics of candle magic, you can really use it for anything. Whether or not you quote-unquote believe in magic, candle rituals are a great way to focus your intention, shift your mood, and connect you to your sacred practices. Candles are easy to use. They're widely available, and when you light them, the atmosphere immediately changes. It's really satisfying to carve a candle and light it and anoint it and see it transform with your intention. In this workshop, you'll use your candles to put a light in the window and let the world know your spirit is home and ready for magic. This downloadable workshop includes a step-by-step guide to creating a candle ritual for any occasion, a guide of correspondences to use with your spells, including symbols and herbs and oils and colors and powders. You also get a meditation that you can use to charge any magical working with your intention, a short gesture series you can use to charge and empower your candle magic, a simple prayer you can say over your candles to bless your work. You can use that for many other things as well. You also get a one-hour live call to help you and answer your questions. That's going to be very fun indeed. And you get four candle rituals for banishing, protection, vigils for grief, calling in love, clearing your path, focusing your intention. So all in all, this is a hot workshop, no pun intended, and it is available to purchase now on our website coven members get this workshop for free as part of their subscription so go to our website links in the show notes and you can find out more there so today dear tarot lovers i have a treat for you we're talking about the five of wands with a very special mystic danielle dorsey also known as tarot views I've been following her newsletter for a long time, and I love her intelligence and her sense of humor. Let me tell you a bit more about her. Danielle's a writer. She's a tarot reader. She's a yoga instructor. She's a Reiki master. She's a teacher, and she uses her gifts for personal and collective liberation. She's also the managing editor of Chakrubs and the digital publication Freak Magazine which champions content that's geared towards sexual health, wellness, and empowerment. And her writing appears in Essence, and Zora Magazine, Thrillist, Lonely Planet, Culture Trip, and more. And Danielle is currently offering Editor's Note here, Sliding Scale, the original recording said free. Tarot readings for Black people, which she encourages non-Black allies to support by donating to her Venmo at Tarot Views, Please do follow her on Instagram. She's got a super hot Instagram feed at Tarot Views as well, where she posts anti-racist tarot spreads, journal prompts, and other spiritual resources. So welcome, 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 Danielle. 
Danielle, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm such a fan of the podcast and of your work and so excited to dive into my one of my favorite topics. Yay. Okay, well, so let's just dive right in then. Normally, the way that we start is just by looking at the card and describing mm. it to folks. And we usually start with the Rider Waite Coleman Smith version of the deck because that's the one everyone knows. So in this version of the deck, what I see is five men coming together in like medieval garb, standing on a vast empty plain, and they're all carrying sticks, and it looks like they're about to come to blows. Like the sticks are sprouting greenery, but they really look like they're about to fight. When you look at this card, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, I see something very similar, um, like the five sort of masculine male characters um, with the long wands. Also noticing, too, that they're all in different like color combinations, like one person has polka dots, (laughs) which I found really interesting. Um, And so I think the, the patterns kind of speak to like some of the conflict that this card can um, reflect and um, yeah I think the wands sprouting the buds is a nice little like symbolism of the potential of this card and then another thing I noticed too was the way that the wands are positioned it's almost like the people are trapped within them So I kind of think that kind of plays into the meaning as well of how you can get trapped in conflict or competition or some of the other themes that this card draws upon. Mm, That's so fascinating. I never really thought about all the different color combinations of the folks in the card before, but you're right. They are all wearing kind of clashing, jarring colors. Mm -hmm. And I also hadn't noticed how they look kind of pinned in or penned in almost like they've right. created a corral for themselves. Yeah. And it's almost like I feel like some of them like, you know, some people are leaning in. So kind of maybe leaning into the conflict or more aggressive. And some people are sort of leaning away. But regardless of whether they're leaning in or away, they're still sort of trapped within the circumstance by the wands. Yeah, yeah. And they uh, you can see that they all have their own character, exactly as you said, like some are really getting into it with one another. Some seem to be avoiding it. Some seem confused. <laughs> um, one of the things that I hadn't really noticed before really looking at it for this show is that they're standing in this empty territory. It looks like a, like a moor or a desert mm. or something. Like it's not someplace people have built before. It looks yeah. Like. Yeah. And I've never noticed that either until you brought that up. That's definitely interesting. Yeah. So maybe that will kind of percolate through as we're talking about it, what that what that means. But Mm. whenever this card comes up in a reading with a client, I usually talk about how these guys are trying to build a house. This is the story that I have for myself. (laughs) These guys are trying to build a house and they've each got their wood planks or their wood for the house, but they can't agree on how it should be built because there's no architect. There's no plan. They all Mm. think their idea is the best. And then from there, we start to think about what in the client's life right, right, right. is like that. Where are they trying to build something with someone where they can't get 
into a yeah, place. Yeah, I career. like um, I like that story. I definitely frame it very similarly in my readings. I think um, one of the ways that this card can show up is like that those sort of arguments we have with people or in settings where you almost can't really hear what the other person is saying because you're just like, well, I'm right and I need to get my point across. And I feel like that is very much what's happening in this card. It's like everyone is kind of has their own reasons for fighting, but aren't really willing to like understand other perspectives. So it just kind of leads to more conflict unless you can kind of open up and maybe accept someone else's or, or begin to listen to another opinion. I love what you're saying about how everyone in the card has their own reason for fighting. So they're very attached to the reason that they're doing it, but that you're also saying they're not able to listen to the fact that other people also have their reasons. And Mm. so they're kind of really caught up in this one side of the argument, which is their own side and are having a real difficulty seeing outside of that, which I think goes back to your idea about the corralling or the penning in, that they're really corralled in their own perspective, maybe? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so let's move forward with the symbolism of the card. Did you have anything that really jumped out for you? Um, Well, generally speaking, I feel like the fives for me across all of the suits tend to represent conflict. So I definitely see that with this card. Um, and then another sort of symbolism exercise that I like to do with um, numbers is I kind of imagine how energy flows through like the shape that, oh, let me see if I can describe this correctly. <laughs> I kind of picture the shape based on the number. So like for a four, it would be a square. For three, it would be a triangle. For five, it's a pentagon. And how energy would move through the shape. To me, that helps me understand like whether there's conflict, whether it's easy, whether there's flow. And so I was thinking about like, how does like energy move through a pentagon or even like thinking of a star with five points and how we have to kind of like create a path for the energy to flow through when you draw a star. I don't know if that's like too, (laughs) that's super out there, but that's like sort of how I begin to think of it even outside of the suit. I love that. That is so (laughs) interesting. I hadn't thought of that either. Like, it sounds like what you're talking about is kind of a sacred geometry perspective with thinking about numbers. I love this idea about thinking about how energy flows through various shapes. And when I think of how energy flows through a pentagram, which would be a five-pointed mm, star. Right. There's banishing pentagrams and there's invoking pentagrams. Right. So you can either push things out or call things forth. That's really interesting to me. I also was thinking about the five number. And I just wanted to remind our listeners that if you think about the numerology of a card and you think about the suit, it can really help you if you get confused. So if you know that the fives, exactly as you were saying, like all the fives relate to struggle. So whatever suit you're in, whether it's wands or pentacles or swords, it's always going to be talking about that. And and then when you think about it with the suit, it makes it even more precise. So for instance, wands represent creativity and fives represent struggle. So this would be a creative struggle, for instance. Yeah. And I also think two of the wands, I think of them in general as like very high energy, like 
cards that invoke passion. Um, I think that of them relating a lot to expression as well. So like struggle in, in those ways too. And I think especially relating kind of back to what we were saying, how this five of wands, even more broadly than a creative struggle, can just represent a struggle that you feel really passionate about or a topic that you feel like I need to get my point across and these people need to understand or these people need to come over to my way of thinking because you feel so passionately about it. That gives me so many pings because I'm thinking about another little sentence I came up with was the word treacherous for five and, and then the word will for one. So the idea that getting your will can be a treacherous endeavor, which is to say it's not necessarily bad or good. But when I think of treacherousness, I think of like navigating Mm -hmm. treacherous waters where there's rocks and there's whirlpools and like how as you go to call your will into the world that there's all of these obstacles that you might encounter as you do that. Yeah, yeah. I love that imagery of like treacherous waters and having to navigate that. And I think when we're in that sort of five of wands energy, like I said, it's very like activating. You feel fired up. You feel very vindicated um, about whatever the topic is. So what you're speaking to is kind of like remembering to still move with caution, even though you feel fired up, even though you might have a great point or it might be very important what you're trying to say still moving as if, you know, you don't know what's underneath the surface. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so juicy and interesting. Another thing I was thinking about with this card, as far as the symbolism is concerned, is the astrology of the card, which is Saturn and Leo. Ooh, that, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) So Saturn is at its detriment in Leo, and when a planet is in its detriment, I'm, I'm speaking to our listeners out there, for those of you who don't know, it's less powerful because it's not respected. So it's less effective. I have a little picture to paint about this. Is that okay? <laughs> please do. Please do. <laughs> so I have a little picture to paint about this. So for instance, I see Saturn at its best when it's really functioning in its glory as kind of a sober contemplative spirit and I see him out in the watch room of a lighthouse and it's like a library in there and he's drinking water and he's eating simple bread and he's reading challenging philosophical treatises on the meaning and purpose of suffering and contemplating life's difficult truths and he's like keeping a watch over those treacherous rocks below that's how I see Saturn when he's really in his own house maybe in Capricorn for instance yeah yeah But when Saturn is in Leo, which is the (laughs) sign that is ruled by the sun, right? It's the domicile of the sun. Mm. And let's face it, like Leo is a party house. So Leo, (laughs) I see the house of Leo is like backstage at the theater. Everybody's drinking champagne, (laughs) kissing each other, running around with boas and in heels and singing show tunes. (laughs) And Saturn is like, so out of place there. So Saturn's like this grumpy Scrooge McDuck in the green room (laughs) of the theater. And he just can't be himself there. Like he can't really get what he needs to get done there. Yeah, I love that imagery. I mean, even yeah, when I think of Saturn and Leo, 
I think of like, I think first of all, Saturn speaks so much to systems and structure and teams. <laughs> and Leo is very much like a sign of the self ruled by the sun, which represents ourselves. So I think it's kind of unnatural for Leo to kind of look at more of the big picture or to kind of consider the team or consider the full structure rather than their perspective. <laughs> Danielle, yes, I, 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 I really hadn't seen that, but you're totally exactly nailing it. It just puts so much together for me because Leo is like the star of the show. Leo is like, you know, the auteur. And Leo is coming in being like, yes, listen to me. Like, I am this great artist. I've got something to say and something to do. And that's beautiful. And we love Leo for that. But then exactly as you were saying, Saturn is about systems and structures. And it's like Saturn is saying, okay, but this is an ensemble piece. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like there's a whole cast of characters, there's production, there's technical lighting. And Leo is just like, but when do I come on stage? <laughs> I'm ready for my close up now. <laughs> yeah, like I've learned my lines. I don't understand what else there is to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that is really putting a lot together for me about this card because then fundamentally it comes down to okay, so how do we resolve this? Like there is yeah. a star here. There is a shining auteur here who it's not like we want to diminish that creative right. voice and say, no, like you go sit in the back or whatever. But we do we do want to remember that this is, you know, an ensemble and that it's it's about bringing all the voices together. Yeah. And I think that's so much of the potential with this card and what hopefully when we maximize what it can offer us, it is, a, I think, about sort of expanding our perspective, considering other voices. Um, I think also just considering how we move towards resolution, because like I was saying, like we get so caught up in the way we feel and what we're trying to express or what we feel is wrong, that sometimes the resolution just kind of gets cast to the side. And um, so I think when we really maximize this card, it is about like, okay, how do I see the larger picture so that we can move towards a resolution where multiple parties can benefit. Yes, exactly. Because ultimately, I think it's about remembering the goal, like going back to our theater metaphor, the ultimate goal for everyone is to make this beautiful production mm. is to really make the best possible show. And if we're not considering that at the role that everyone is playing and the, the magnificence that everyone can bring to the show, then it's going to deplete right. or diminish the ultimate result. So yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you have a favorite deck version of this card? 
which version of this card really brings out the truth of the card for you? Well, lately I have been getting really into the Next World Tarot deck and it's by an artist named Christy. Actually, I'm not even, I know that their Instagram is at Crowdcore. <laughs> I'm not even going to try their name. Yeah, it kind of reimagines it and it gave me new insight because I think most versions that I've seen do depict some kind of conflict or struggle. But in the Next World Tarot, it's this feminine figure. They're in like lingerie or bikini and they're by themselves, which I think is pretty rare. And behind them is like this shelf of different tools. On the shelf, there's there's poison, but there's also like sage. So it's about like which tool or what is kind of at your disposal and what are you going to reach for mm. when things kind of pick up or when you're in the middle of um, chaos or uncertainty or conflict. Mm, that really does bring out a whole new facet of this card having the person be alone and that it's yeah. it's really about an internal conflict about what tools one might use in order to achieve one's goals it sounds like yeah and also it kind of recognizes what we were talking about earlier too of like you know we all have that impulse to reach for something that might feel really good or that we might have been conditioned to use but that might not necessarily be the medicine in the moment and so all those things are behind this character on the shelf. And it's like, are you going to choose what's familiar? Are you going to choose what's worked in the past? Or are you going to open up to maybe something new? I've been playing with that one lately. Mm, I really want to go check that one out now. I was thinking about the Everyday Witch Tarot. Do you know this deck? I don't think so. I really feel like, especially in their minor cards, they always pull out something interesting about the cards that maybe I hadn't thought of before. But so in this version, there are five witches standing around a cauldron and they're clearly having an argument. And it looks like they're saying things like, that's not how the charge of the star goddess goes. Or like, <laughs> you use henbane for banishing, not mugwort. So they're all there in front of the cauldron. And then there's five cat familiars who are in front of the cauldron, like their familiars. And they're all like in a cat fight. So they all look, they literally look like they're making the face from that meme where there's that reality TV woman oh, yelling. I know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's I, amazing. I'm going to have to look up that tarot deck. Everyday Witch. Yeah, Everyday Witch. So I feel like the that like woman yelling at a cat meme is the meme for this card. <laughs> That actually is perfect. <laughs> because it's like the cat can't understand you. Why are you yelling at the cat? Like you yeah. have to figure out another way to resolve this. <laughs> so true. And I just want to give a shout out also to, do you know the commons? The commons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do know them. Yeah. So the commons web, they're a public access witch TV show. Um, I'll put them in the show notes. They have lots of videos about witch feuds and how they get resolved. And so I just wanted to give them a little shout out. They're super fun and educational. Highly recommend them. Okay, so let's talk about the... the well, I wanted to, us to talk about the positive in this card. But this card <laughs> is kind of weird because the upright version seems to be the more 
challenging version and then the reversal is more of the peaceful version so right so where is the power or the positive in this card for you well I think it all depends on the perspective I think that it's almost kind of like the tower like I think the power positive is change in some form so not necessarily something that we always look forward to or want but I think that that is the the potential of this card is like if we can lean into the change or doing something a little bit different or kind of even just questioning our normal mode of operating, then I think that change could be really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree. You know, it's reminded me just yesterday I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who is a white male filmmaker. And he was saying that during this time in COVID and with all the uprisings going on around racial justice Mm. and that it's really making him reflect on how he wants to work. And that in our culture, as we were talking about already with Saturn and Leo, the way that the system is set up is to celebrate one person's creative genius. But maybe the beauty of this card is, as it is with my friend who's now thinking, maybe that's not the way that I should be working as a filmmaker. Right. Maybe there are other ways to create that aren't just about like so the celebration of my singular vision. Right. That's so outside of creative production in our culture. Like we don't even know how to create really unless it's upholding one person's singular vision. So true. I do feel like exactly as you were saying that this is something really beautiful that we're we're being asked to open ourselves to and for me I still am wrestling and confused because for instance like as a writer or as a you know filmmaker as a visual artist like I don't know how I could make my work kind of by committee where everybody gets a say about how my book should be or my essay should be um what do you think Wow, that's a big question. Um, What you were saying about your friend did remind me of another power positive that I had sort of taken note of, which um, is the potential renegotiation of power. So kind of like what your friend was saying of like, okay, if we're coming up against this card and it's indicating different points of view that are in conflict, maybe it's an opportunity for someone who's been historically silenced or, you know, who just hasn't had the opportunity to share their voice to have more power or to have a decision-making role or even to just feel more empowered to step up and maybe on the flip side, people feeling empowered to step back. Yeah, that is ultimately going to make the world a more beautiful place. Right. Undergoing that process. And so in that way, this card really is saying you know, is inviting in a lot of beauty and a lot of um, empowerment all around, you know, when certain people are not celebrated above all others and the voices who haven't been heard are empowered to step forward and, and speak that ultimately it is really good and powerful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was thinking too about the relationship between this card and the three of discs. Okay, so three of pentacles. Yeah, sorry, the Three of Pentacles. So in the Three of Pentacles, there's an architect, an artisan, and a priest, and they're all coming together to make a cathedral. Mm, I do see that connection. 
And so they're building something sacred. They're building this Mm. cathedral together and they're all bringing their own special skills. Like the artisan knows how to build. The priest knows the sacred geometries. The architect has the structural integrity of the building in mind. Um, But in the five of wands, they're also trying to build something, but it looks like rather than appreciating each other's unique skills and focusing on what they're trying to create together, they're trying to make sure their own voice is heard. But so it sounds like what you're saying is that part of the beauty of this card is that ultimately the cathedral will be so much more sacred and beautiful if we can honor the contributions of all of them. Yeah, yeah. And especially if people who have maybe who are maybe not used to stepping back or who have had the privilege of being heard can like not see it as being silenced, but see it more so as I'm stepping back to uplift someone else or like, I don't know, to find empowerment in that stepping back, I think is is a really huge positive that you could draw from this card as well. Well, exactly. Because I mean, the empowering thing is that whoever's voice has been silenced probably has something really incredible and beautiful to contribute that Mm. we're not hearing, that we're not getting. And so if it's just one person's voice, then we're all missing out on the value that is brought by especially the voices who have been unheard because often they are able to see so much more. Exactly, yeah. Well, so what about the reversal then? Because as mm. we know, this is a little topsy-turvy <laughs> card. Yeah, it is a little odd because I feel like if it came up reversed, I would kind of see it as more like, okay, like this is a struggle, but I'm clearly harnessing some of it or I'm I'm in the process of it. Whereas if it were to come up right side up, I would maybe think, okay, maybe there's something I'm not seeing about this, or maybe there's a way I need to step back or reevaluate how I'm approaching this situation. I think um, some things to look out for with this card would be (laughs) self-righteousness. For sure. Like, I think whenever we get in these situations where, you know, we feel really vindicated and we feel like what we have to say is important, it it can be so easy to just stop listening. Um, So I think watching out for when the ego starts to get, just starts to get too loud in those situations and thinking more about, collaboration rather than a single perspective, kind of as we were already saying. Yeah, I agree with you that in reversal, I would read it as an end to the conflict or you're finding a resolution or there's peace that's emerging and you're focusing on your goals and you're all working collectively towards the same end. Mm. But it can also indicate that maybe there might be some suppression going on. That's true. Like some people's voices are being suppressed. Or I also think about it, for instance, like in a relationship reading. Have you ever been in a situation where you're with someone and you're like, fine, whatever. And Mm. you mean that you're you're having a fight and you're saying, (laughs) fine, whatever. But you're saying that not because you actually are fine. But because you're just feeling like it's not worth arguing about this. Oh, right, right. And I don't think the I don't think this card is advocating for just like giving up 
your fight? No, not at all. I think that's that's such a good insight because I do think it it could invite us to kind of think about like how we might be silencing ourselves in a situation by what you just said of like, you know, where are you saying, yeah, whatever, or shrugging it off when actually you do feel a type of way and you do want, um, whether it's going to be conflict, whether they're going to understand you or not, you feel strongly enough to where you should bring something up. Yeah, and that might that might require you to look at the reasons why you are saying fine, whatever, when you don't mean it, which might be like, you're exhausted. Maybe right. you don't believe that the person is going to hear you no matter what you do. You might feel like there are too many other pulls on your time or energy, in which case some antidotes to that might be like looking for community where you are heard, where you are mm. celebrated. It might mean making the choice then to get the rest that you need if that's possible for you. Since, you right. know, of course, we don't all, all have that luxury or privilege, all of us. But um, yeah, I'm thinking about ways one might mitigate or alleviate that sense of fine whateverness. Um, I mean, for me, journaling, like stream of consciousness, like just like letting myself vomit my feelings onto a page is really helpful. Um, and I think can help too when we are feeling like really strongly about something, but maybe don't quite have the language to like put it into words, just kind of like stream of consciousness voice note or stream of consciousness journal can kind of help us get a little bit more clarity on, okay, well, what is, what's triggering me or what's upsetting me about this situation? Yeah. What you're saying reminds me a lot of feelings I had, especially as a child where you feel frustrated and angry about something, but maybe you don't have the language or the vocabulary to be able to say why. And so you just kind of hold it in, but you you don't fight about it, but you might still be feeling it. And so it sounds like you're, you're advocating for finding ways to articulate it, even to yourself, even if you're not able to stand up right that moment to the system? Yeah, I mean, I think a good first step is at least trying to understand how you feel. You know, if even if you're not ready to bring it to someone or whatever the situation might be, just beginning to understand and identify your own feelings about the circumstance and beginning to put language around it or beginning to conceptualize it, I think can can help. Yes, I love that. And also, if you are the person who is taking up the space, mm. if you are the person who is taking up all the oxygen in the room or, or really trying to enforce your vision, it might be worth it to, to journal, for instance, from the perspective of the other people in the group. Yeah. Or it could even just be a good way so that you don't go and share everything that doesn't need to be shared with the group. You know, like you can still like, you know, if you're used to having this privilege where people listen to you or where you have authority, that could, I, th- I think, be a really powerful way of, you know, still having your voice, but maybe mitigating it in circles where other people need to be heard. It's like, okay, just go to your journal. You can write down whatever you feel. It's it's yours, you know, and you're not going to hurt anyone. You're not going to, you know, it's, it's private. You can say the ugly things that you're thinking or whatever. And then maybe you're a little bit more prepared to go into that space and let someone else talk and hear them 
and maybe your feelings about it have transformed as well. Mm, so always considering why am I talking? Like, I mean, <laughs> I think that's like, <laughs> you know, it's like you would think more people would just <laughs> would think that in general, right? Of like, does does this need to be said out loud? <laughs> Is I think a good question for all of us. Yeah, even, or does this need to be tweeted? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I do think too, like the elephant in the room is also really around whiteness because like white people have been privileged to feel like everybody needs to hear like everything that Mm. they're thinking or is going on in their mind. And I, I think what you're saying is really important of like, maybe it's okay just to process this or whatever you're feeling or experiencing with your journal or with your your personal friends, but maybe yeah. you don't need to like shout everything out. I mean, yeah, for me as a black queer person who has privileges but doesn't have others, I think it's just so important to not let spaces with other people be the first place that you're processing intense emotions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you feel strongly about something or if something has you fired up, I don't think that bringing that aggression or those like unorganized thoughts into a vulnerable space is like the first place that you should be processing it. Like do a little bit on your own and then you can like start to bring it in with other people's. I think that's something that we should all kind of be a little bit more mindful of. What you're saying is also really making me think about cyberspace you Mm. know instagram twitter facebook i mean yeah i think it applies to that too like if especially if you know you we all have like a diverse followers and a lot of us don't know who's following us and the internet doesn't need to be the first place that you process racism (laughs) you know maybe do a little bit of processing um and a little bit of unlearning on your own away from the internet before you kind of share all of your feelings on a public platform. That's just my advice. Um, But I think, yeah, it it can help so that people who have to constantly deal with triggers and people who have to constantly deal with microaggressions and all of this can encounter it a little bit less when they're, you know, just trying to scroll through Instagram. I feel like the Instagram, for instance, or Twitter, the algorithm or just the way they're constructed encourages us to just exactly as you're saying before, like vomit out whatever you feel when you feel it. So you feel an intense emotion. It's like, go say it. Tell the world. Like share with everyone how you're feeling because then people pick it up. Right. And they're like, yeah. Or right. you know, everybody starts talking. Everybody is like talking over one another. It becomes exactly like the five of wands where everybody's like got mm. their their club out and they're like ba- banging on each other. But if before we speak, we think, what will be the effect on my community if I say this thing? And right. who who will be harmed by this? Whose voice is not being heard when I say this? Um, and we can only really do that if we do do that work of processing, like, in our journal or with our friends rather than just straight out into the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I want to just 
ask one more thing there around what we were just saying about how does this card want us to grow? What decisions might we be called upon to make if we get mm. this card in a reading? So specifically, like if the card comes up in a reading, what might it be calling for? What might spirit be calling you to do? Yeah, um, some things that came up for me is like maybe reimagining confrontation. I think usually this card speaks to some sort of conflict or upheaval. And because it's wands, I think typically in external way. And I think so many of us are intimidated or just don't necessarily have healthy relationships with confrontation and typically think of confrontation as like violent and um, or aggressive. And so I think it's a really powerful opportunity to maybe reimagine confrontation of like, oh, how, how can we both maybe express hard subjects or talk about difficult things or how can I express maybe my displeasure with someone but not assume that it needs to turn violent or it needs to become a shouting match or or just assuming that like there's going to be strife in it so I think that's a really powerful thing we could do yeah I mean that idea of essentially working through fragility being able to experience a disagreement, um, uncomfortable feelings, uh, powerful feelings without being afraid it's going to devolve into violence, um, but mm. be able to to show up with one's full self and stay grounded even through conflict. Going back to what we were saying before about, you know, personal relationships, because this card obviously does come up in, you know, relationship readings or, or work situations. That mm. I get a lot of clients who maybe are in relationships where they are having problems in that relationship. There's something their partner or partners are doing that bothers them or a friend, for instance, and they don't bring it up and they don't talk about it because they're so conflict averse or conflict mm. avoidant that they don't say how they're feeling. Because we're not really encouraged to be able to work through or process conflict in our culture. And so I feel like some of the lessons are this of this card are develop skills for collaboration, which for me involve engaging fully, like bringing your whole self to the collaboration, listening deeply. That's a huge part. Yes, very important. Understanding other people's goals. So not just your own, but maybe trying to arrive at a collective goal. Yeah. Um, communicating your own needs and goals and slowing them down, slowing way the fuck down and taking the time to make sure everyone is heard. Everyone is on the same page. Mm. Everyone is feeling good about. Yeah, I love what you said about slowing down because that was what I was going to say. Like, I think especially with the wands, like, fiery energy like we're you're pumped you're motivated you're feeling you know very strong in what you believe and just slow down <laughs> take a couple deep breaths like don't necessarily bring that energy to the discussion I think yeah yeah or to the resolution you know like it's okay to feel that way and to like you know to be charged up but I think thinking a little bit more, too, about like what energy we bring to the resolution or what energy helps facilitate resolution. 
snap, 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 because I also <laughs> think about in relation to the wands, you know, wands are, is that fiery electric energy. It's what gives us the energy and the drive to do something, but it's not necessarily the best energy to sort of steer the ship. I feel like that should be more of like an earth based Energy. Yeah, that's like the, the Saturn again coming in to be like, okay, if I let Leo, you know, run the ship, like they're just going to be off on their own little journey, whatever. So I need to make sure that we all get to the place that we need to go. Exactly. It's as if, so if Leo is that star, like should the star of the performance of the play really be the stage manager? Not really. Right, right. right. <laughs> like they're not going to do a good job. Like if they're like, yes, it's all about my vision. Like we need to have a, maybe a more sober right, driver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Us, and like you said, that earth energy, a more like grounded, present energy and then I think once you put the resolution into action like once okay we all everyone's agreeing this is the path forward then you can kind of bring that fiery wand energy back in to get it done Okay, so we've already been talking about this a bit, but so we always love to ask about real life situations in your own life or in politics or history mm. where we might see this card in action. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're in this card in so many ways right now. Um, you kind of see it in how our society is struggling to be united and how we handle the COVID pandemic there's like a lot of shaming coming from both sides, whether it's people shaming others for being irresponsible or people shaming others for being compliant. <laughs> um, you know, I'm on the side of medical professionals and I believe that we should be following social distancing guidelines. But at the same time, you know, I don't think that shaming or berating people who disagree with me is very likely to change their minds. <laughs> and then I think we also see it with the renewed attention around the Black Lives Matter movement and abolishing these carceral systems. Um, you know, you have these people on opposite ends of the spectrum and the conversations can be really polarizing. Um, so I think that like the Five of Wands, we're heading towards change one way or the other. And hopefully as we navigate that, we can be mindful of how we're showing up and what privileges we have and the space that we're taking up as well as the space that we're making for others. I'm in total agreement and alignment with you there. I, I've been thinking about, well, I had two things that I wanted to talk about in relation to this. One of them is the system that I'm learning in this activist group I'm a part of called Extinction Rebellion. And, and in this group, there is a way of working, a way of organizing collectively called self-organizing systems. Mm. And it's how the group meetings are run. And in that system everybody's voice gets heard. So it has to be small, small groups or how it works. Right. And so it's really important, for instance, that that everybody's voice gets heard, because what you're doing is you're mining for the wisdom of the group. It's so important to hear everybody's voice because there people are going to see things that maybe you're not able to see. And if they dissent, and so dissent is really important, because if they dissent, but everybody has the same goal, then they're probably dissenting for a good reason. Right by negotiating or working through that dissent, 
you're probably going to arrive at a better solution than the one you started off with. Mm, I love that. What that gets at for me is that the diversity of opinion makes us all safer because we consider situations from all the angles. And so we get like a more rich, healthy ecosystem. I love that. Yeah, I think that's like completely like when we are maximizing this wisdom of the five of wands, like that's the kind of structure that I imagine. Yeah. And so building on that, um, something I learned about reparations yesterday while I was at a talk by Esther Stanford Zosi, mm. um, who is an abolitionist and a historian and a freedom fighter. And she was giving a talk for Extinction Rebellion and she was talking about reparations And something I didn't know before about reparations before going to this talk was that they're not just about money. I had understood that reparations were about paying people who have been victimized or oppressed for the damages that they've suffered. But I'm probably going to butcher this because, you know, I'm just now starting to understand this. But basically, she has this African nationalist perspective about reparations, which is that reparations are about restoring whoever has been harmed by an injustice back to a place of healing. So it's not just about money. And in our culture, we can only think of things. Right. Well, here's the money. So are you happy now? Like we gave you some money. So can you just be quiet? But from what I'm understanding from her, from Esther Stanford Zosi, is that it's not just about handing Black and Indigenous people of color money. It's about changing the history books, for example, like making right, sure that right. their their voices are heard. That is restorative, right? When when people have control of their own narrative. So that's just one part is also, for instance, healing psychologically and making resources available for psychological healing. Or, for instance, like in terms of the um, exploitation of Africa, like it would mean like companies, multinational corporations leaving and right. like, and and returning the wealth that they had taken. Yeah. I mean, snap snaps for that. I I definitely agree. I mean, well, I would really definitely want to like learn more about this person, but I love what you're speaking to of just like it's it's not so direct as just like, you know, this one action that you take, but again, kind of what we were talking about of like it's a system of like how do we restore the damage that has been done in education? How do we restore the damage that has been done with mental health and health system in general and just all these different facets of society, just everything. <laughs> um, and yeah, and not thinking of it so linearly. Yeah, and that's that's why it really speaks to that idea of mining for the wisdom of the group because basically her perspective comes from the lineage and history of African thought, which is so different than Western thought, which is just like, well, here's the money or we put them in prison. So are you happy now? But it's like that doesn't really do anything to restore or heal. And so it's a different concept of healing. It's a different concept of justice, which I think will make the whole world better when we're like when we're saying you know, if someone harms you or wrongs you, it's not just like, okay, well, here's, you know, a thousand dollars. Do you feel better now? But it's about right. it's about changing the entire system. And so if we don't listen to the people who are saying that, then we all lose. It's basically what I'm trying to get at. I know I've been kind of clumsy. No, but... that I that was so poignant. And it, it made me think too of how 
the wisdom of this card is about like what is the holistic solution you know what is the the solution that is not just going to solve the problem that's that we're dealing with today of like okay put that person in jail or okay give them that money but how do we deal with it systemically so that we can prevent this from occurring in the future yeah so just to help our listeners apply that for instance in their microcosm of a life like what might that look like in just daily life like at work or in a relationship or um Mm. that's a good question I mean I think that's something that I've that I'm like constantly and currently answering in my own life of just um like what is my role in helping these systems kind of become more equitable and um and righting some of these systemic wrongs. I think a small action that we could take is that's really important is just knowing our communities. And I think it's something that's really accessible for a lot of us right now because many of us are at home and if we're not in at home all the time, we're at least home more often than we would be if it wasn't a quarantine or if it wasn't a pandemic. Um, so like maybe that is actually knowing your neighbors if you're in an apartment building like who are the people in your apartment building and informing some sort of I don't know like I think as we move forward that's going to be really big like understanding what community needs are I think so often we're like this needs to be done or this would be great and it's not to take away from those ideas but I think a lot of times they're proposed without really being in those communities and understanding what the residents want. And I think moving forward, and especially if, I mean, well, who knows how the election is going to go in November, but I think we need to empower ourselves on more of a local level to really, like I said, know our neighbors, know what the community needs are, know like what the activists who are already in our communities are currently fighting for, like kind of plugging into those, I don't want to say struggles, but those, um, projects that are already in the works or organizations that are already in the works rather than I think sometimes people get really fired up and they're just like oh I'm I'm so mad like I just learned about racism but then they they launch something or they decide to like do something on their own accord about it without like really having the training or the understanding or the education for that to be effective and so I think taking a step back and like maybe again kind of going back to processing <laughs> But just taking smaller steps, like we tend to want to fix the whole problem right away. And so I think just thinking of it more in a community sort of way is a is a good way to start. I think it goes back to what you were saying or what we were saying about um, Saturn and Leo, right? Like whatever circumstance you're finding yourself in where this card comes up, thinking about the Leo part, which is about, you know, your vision, you know, the thing you want to express, the thing you want to do, Mm. but then also considering the structure in which the situation is happening, the system in which the situation is happening Mm -hmm. and um, slowing things down, Maybe looking to different voices than the ones you're normally used to listening to. Right. And that can apply to anything. Like, so for instance, let's say you have a creative problem, like you're stuck in a project. Maybe try doing a little research uh, with artists or writers that you haven't read before. Right. 
Or I love what you were saying about, you know, checking in with your community. Like if the problem is coming from, you know, the, the attempt to have one's voice be heard, as you were saying, doing that journaling, reflecting within yourself, and then also listening to the voices who, who have been marginalized, for instance. Yeah. Well, so two quick little things. So first one is, do you have like a favorite myth or, or movie or music that comes up for you when you think about this card? Oh my God, this, I, I have been waiting for this question the whole podcast. I'm so excited about it. Yes. <laughs> um, I've been rereading Octavia Butler's Parable of the Sower. And so for me, the opening verse of the book, or I don't know if I should give like a little bit of background. The book is not really dystopian, but it, first of all, everyone should be reading it right now. It very much applies to what we're going through. But it's just this person who is kind of trying to reckon with their society coming apart and trying to survive and trying to create a vision for how they're going to move forward. And the opening verse of the book, I think, really resonates with this card. It goes, all that you touch, you change. All that you change changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change. And so for me, the second line of all that you change changes you is especially poignant and really ties into this card. Um, I think we all have ideas of the changes that we want or the changes that we feel are necessary, but we don't always consider how those changes will transform us or even how we're willing to be transformed by those changes. So recently in my anti-racism work, I'm really thinking about how it's changing me, not just changing my understanding and my beliefs around racism, but like how I show up in the world every day. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a beautiful example. Thank you so much. I love that idea. Like allowing yourself to be changed by the things that you encounter and, uh, and knowing that that's the, that's the point. Yeah. And I, and like I said, like that all that you're changing is also changing you. I think we like completely miss that part so much. And I think, the five of wands is all about that. Like, okay, some sort of change is happening. We're all trying to, we're all sort of vying for power. We all want our voices to be heard, but like, how are we willing to be changed by what we want to bring forward? Mm, mm, mm. I am twinkling my fingers so much. (laughs) So finally then, uh, if this card comes up in a reading, do you have any rituals or actions or spells that people could do to make the most of it? Um, I think... Fire scrying could be a really powerful ritual for this. Um, So basically just uh, lighting a candle and sitting eye level with it, maybe like about a foot away and and just staring into the flame and noticing what, what comes up in terms of like maybe shapes within the flame. If you see any images or even like where your thoughts go as you're staring into the flame, I think that could be really cool. Another idea I had was even just taking like five sticks and rearranging them on your altar in like different power positions. I just like the idea of once a day, like rearranging these sticks. And it's sort of a physical way for your mind to kind of problem solve. So maybe like as you're going through this conflict, like every day you kind of rearrange these five sticks in a different way. And it's like, I don't know. For me, I I like like physical things like that that allow me to like look at my problems, but sort of take it away from being so literal. Yeah, that's a really creative solution. And 
doing that ritual, doing that uh, physical embodiment by by relating to these objects in space, I feel like really could shift things around. Um, I was thinking about just some really basic, basic stuff, which is, for instance, using lavender. It's a really good herb mm. to work with for calming. You can put it in a diffuser, make a tea out of it, look at the color. You could also use amethyst if you're feeling the strife, quote unquote. Right. Take a few moments to calm down. Put lavender oil on your tense spots. You can place the amethyst on the part of you that feels the strife. Like So if you're feeling it in your heart or you're feeling you know, constricted throat or knots in your stomach, I would suggest you lie still in a darkened room and breathe into those spaces. Allow yourself to go deeper and deeper, to relax further and further, feel into your heart because being in your heart makes it much easier to collaborate. Like when you allow yourself to feel your feelings, breathe into them, let the knots unravel and then from this place, I also had an idea to do some fire magic, which would be to take a violet or a white candle and anoint it with the lavender oil from wick to root. Mm. And then whisper into the candle what your intentions are for the collaboration, remembering to say that your wish is for the greatest good of all concerned. So no. We will be having a candle spell workshop in a few weeks, and you can see our website for that. But so, Danielle, do you have... Any good stuff coming up? I know that our listeners, after listening to this episode, are going to want to know everything about you and dive deep, deep, deep into your work. So how can they find you? Tell us. Um, yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Tarot Views. I'm pretty active these days. So yeah, uh, that's, I think, one of the easiest ways to find me. I'm online at tarotviews.com. You write beautiful newsletters, which I love. <laughs> yeah, I write newsletters and they come out some new moons and full moons. Which I appreciate. Like, <laughs> we don't need to always be on this, like... Yeah, I mean, I feel like when it becomes a stressful thing, then it's, you know, I do it when I when I feel called to. So on some new and full moons, I send newsletters. Um, lately, I've been posting tarot spreads on my Instagram on the new and full moon. I'm currently offering pay what you can tarot readings for black folks. So you can like reach out directly to me to schedule and any allies are welcome to support that by Venmoing me or however, um, which is the same as my Instagram at tarot views. We'll put all of that in the show notes for people. Oh, perfect. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm I'm just out here like everyone else trying to unlearn and <laughs> trying to trying to do this work um, that feels especially important in these times that we're in right now. Your voice is essential. We are so grateful and blessed to have had you on. Thank you so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm so excited and yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. Yeah, we love you out there. Tune in next week for the Six of Wands, otherwise known as the Victory Card. We have an enlightening conversation with truly one of my favorite tarot readers on the planet, Rashonda Tramble from Stay Woke Tarot. I had many, many aha moments in that discussion, and I know you will too. So hit that subscribe button and join us. One last reminder that you can directly support Danielle's work and supplement her pay-what-you-can tarot readings for black people by sending money via Venmo 
at Tarot Views and also through the Cash app with username $TarotViews. Between the Worlds is hosted by Amanda Yates Garcia and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs with editing help from Jiha Lee. Our podcast icon is created by Maria Minnis, aka Tiny Parsnip, links in the show notes, and our font is created by Leah Hayes. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please consider leaving us a sweet review and or posting your favorite parts. You can tag us at Oracle of LA or Between the Worlds podcast. Thank you. Turn your will towards your desire, fire guides you on, and lights the path and shines the way, call upon the suit of one.